Welcome. Good to have everybody here this morning. The um, glad to welcome visitors this morning. We have uh, young Mr. Riley with us this morning, and uh, good to have him here. And uh, good to see everybody else here as well. Um, wanted to remind everybody that this Wednesday we won't have Wednesday night service. No activities up here. Get uh, get ready for your Thanksgiving activities. Get a night off. Next Sunday, Scott will be back with us again. Glad to have him back speaking today and next Sunday as well. And uh, just wanted to remind everybody about serving lunch at Grace Place. That'll be Monday. This Monday the 29th, not not tomorrow. So we've collected some uh, oatmeal pies in the back. If anybody has uh, some more they'd like to bring, you've got a little time. Um, and the sign-up sheet is in the back. If, uh, if you can help serve that day, be helpful. I went to, um, I don't know why Psalm 42 jumped out at me, but... Um, some of the verses uh, just spoke to my heart uh, a few weeks ago, and I just made a note that uh, maybe we could use it this time of year. It's a psalm for challenging times. So if you, uh, you want to hang, hang in there with me at Psalm 42, um, I think I'm going to read the whole thing because it talks about from the land of the Jordan and the heights of Hermon, but... Um, you can substitute your mountains and your rivers in there too. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When I go and I meet with God, when can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep, in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers, they have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? 
Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, uh, Father God, we thank you this morning. Um, pray that you will hear many thanks this week for your deliverance, for your uplift, for your guidance, for your love, for your providence, for the blessings that you've placed in our lives for your word which speaks to our hearts, for your people uh, which are your family and our, each other's family. Father, we pray that you will uh, be with those this time of year that uh, need your special touch and need a helping hand. We pray that you will be in this message this morning and in the service Pray that we will worship you from our hearts and we will carry that thankful heart with us as we meet and visit with others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks 
But uh, I think it's wonderful this time of the year that we take the time to really feel that thankfulness every day that God gives us, even when he allows us to wake up and breathe. So let's join together in these psalms. The first one will be, Come ye thankful people, come. Oh, 
for quite a while. I know it was the favorite one of Ruth Cooties. It says, great is thy faithfulness. Lamentation says this, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Changes not time. 
see Miss Hannah. I think she has something planned for you this morning. Good to have Scott Lamb back with us this morning. Uh, you'll see on the back, he has a scripture that goes along with his message. I am the way and the truth and the life. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So if you want to get more from Jesus' words and who he was speaking to, just stay tuned. I uh, also wanted to talk a bit about giving. Uh, we are so thankful that the church has continued to support uh, the uh, efforts of the, the church, the activities, the uh, the giving has been uh, very good through all this year, and we appreciate that. And uh, know that you are in mind to support not only the local church, but but we have a, a worldwide uh, emphasis that that takes in all kinds of needs uh, wherever we find them. And we appreciate your support. Uh, be in prayer this morning for uh, those on the, you'll see in your bulletin there. But I wanted to ask special prayer this morning for Scott and Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca's at the youth convention this weekend. And so we want to keep in mind uh, the, the young people that are down there uh, and the services and the decisions that be made and just say a word that we are thankful for the help that we've received this year 
Uh, we don't have a full-time person in the pulpit, but we have had some excellent messages, and uh, we have had some dedicated support. And uh, between Scott and Ray and Carvin, uh, we've had uh, almost continuous uh, support and messages from the pulpit. Wednesday night lessons that have uh, spoken to our hearts, and uh, and all of them have reached out and and worked with uh, the needs of the church, and uh, and even helping the search committee with uh, looking for future pastor, and we appreciate that. Uh, I want to remember, especially this morning, not that the, the other needs aren't equally uh, important, uh, but please remember Alton Cooper today. Uh, while he did well with the surgery, uh, he's having trouble with the recovery. And uh, just pray that you will lift him up this morning. And uh, Linda, as, uh, as she's with her dad. I also want to remember uh, at this time of year those who are hungry and those that are hungering for the bread of life. Pray that, uh, that they will find both this week. Let's, uh, let's have a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you this morning that uh, you do hear our prayers and you are with us, whether we feel it all the time or not, uh, you are there and you are there with love and concern and uh, support when we need a lift, when we need uh, repair to these bodies that we have we know that you uh, you have concern for all of us in, in all of our parts and all of our minds and our, our spiritual health as well pray that you will continue to work with us and speak to us and lift us up when we need it we pray that you will be with your church today uh, all around the world and that you will uh, give your people uh, a sense of thankfulness for what they have and the promises that you provided and delivered on for us. Uh, we pray that you will be with those who need your special touch this morning. and. Uh, and pray that you will uh, be with those who are recovering from surgery and really need uh, to feel your presence this morning. Pray that you'll be with the families that care for uh, those that are hurting and pray that you will lift them up as well. Think of Meredith Vickery uh, with uh, her family. Pray that you will be with, uh, with all of their needs. 
and we pray that you will um, help her feel your presence this morning. Father, pray that you'll be with the sermon this morning, directed, uh, speak to our hearts, help us to feel um, a sense of not only your presence, but also uh, the love and concern you have for everyone. And pray that it will filter down, that we will continue to reflect your life, and we will remember the sacrifice that your son made for our forgiveness. Pray that you will be with the young people this morning as they listen to messages and as they uh, reflect on uh, what they want to do in the future, we pray that you will speak to their hearts as well. Help us to have a, a good, thankful week in your name. Amen. So glad y'all are here this morning. It would um, be really weird for me to be up here by myself. Right? So, so it's good that you're here. And um, I'm glad to see you. It's, um, it's been a good week. And I'm thankful for, for you and for all the things that was mentioned already uh, leading up in the beginning of the service about all the things we have to be thankful for. Wow, the, the church is really blessed. And I'm glad that you're here. You know, you made a choice, a decision to come and be here today. So I appreciate that. You could have done a million other different things. Um, but it's, this isn't something we just go and do. It's something we are, right? We are the church, and this is part of, of uh, what we do. So I'm glad that you chose to gather with us this morning. You know, last week, uh, I guess foolishly thought I could get two in <laughs> on our series last week. And I didn't. I just got one. So we're continuing on in the series, I Am. The I Am series, and these are the statements, the I Am statements of Jesus that are found in the Gospel of John. And uh, we've gone through most of them, and we've got down to number six last week and ran out of time. So we're going we're gonna to pick up there. So last week we did cover I Am the Resurrection and the Life. You remember it was a story about Lazarus, and how Jesus um, was talking to Mary and Martha, and and they said, if you if you'd just been here, Lazarus wouldn't have had to suffer this death that he did. And um, but he said, but even but even now that you're here, you know you can do something. And they were hinting to him, you know, you can you can bring him back to life. He Jesus had been known to do that. And um, Jesus told uh, Martha, then I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. So we talked about that last week. And we're about to get started with his next statement, which is found in chapter 14 of John. I am the way and the truth and the life. So let's go ahead and get started in that uh, passage. John chapter 14, verse 6. I appreciate Mike reading it already for me, but we're going to read it again and then get into uh, a little bit more about it. John 14. I'm going to go ahead and start with verse 1. Now this is uh, Jesus speaking. He said, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. 
In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. And you know the way where I am going. In verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. This powerful I am statement is chock full of good stuff. You know what I mean by chock full? Does anybody say that anymore? It's got all kinds of good stuff in it. The way and the truth and the life. The way echoes what we read a couple weeks ago about Jesus saying, I am the door. Indicating that Jesus is not merely one way among many to reach God, but he is the only way. The way. Now this statement about the way draws a lot of hostility maybe in our society because it's non-inclusive. You know what I mean by that? And saying Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the only way. And this um, doesn't sit well with a lot of people. But the way I read in John 3.16, in the same gospel of John, that whosoever part seems pretty inclusive to me. Wouldn't you agree? Meaning that whoever, anyone who believes in him can receive the gift of eternal life. This statement of Jesus is in response to Thomas's question after Jesus had been talking to the disciples rather mysteriously, mind you, about going to his father's house to prepare a place for him. Imagine if you were the disciple sitting around and Jesus was saying this. You might be kind of scratching your head too. Uh, okay, what's, what's he talking about? But um, Thomas has been tagged what? What's his nickname we call him? Doubting Thomas, right? And maybe this is unfortunate for him because I believe he was a person of faith and he did follow Christ after all. But because of his statements after Christ's resurrection, he was tagged or dubbed the name Doubting Thomas by us today. But here it seems that he's just honestly admitting that he doesn't know what Jesus is talking about. And so he says in verse 5, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? To which Jesus famously replies, I am the way. Now Jesus wasn't necessarily talking about knowing a route, but about knowing a person. Knowing a person, Jesus Christ. You might remember in Acts, I think it's chapter 11, that the early followers of Christ were called Christians at Antioch. Uh, it's verse, um, Acts eleven twenty six. 26, it says, And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So you might have uh, remembered reading that before. But do you remember reading about another name for the early church? The Way. The Way. Pretty cool, huh? 
It's in Acts chapter 9 and 19 and maybe a couple others, but let me just kind of go through those quickly. Acts 9, 2 says, And asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And Acts 19 says, But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way... Before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. And Acts 19.23, About that time there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. So, isn't that interesting? Apparently, this statement of Jesus to Thomas gained some traction as a way of identifying with Christ, who called himself the way. As followers of Christ referred to themselves as followers of the way. And the early church was tagged the way. I like that. Not to get off track too much, but I have any uh, fans of the, the show or the series The Mandalorian? Anybody seen that? It's on Disney. It's a, something, uh, it's a Star Wars type movie. It's a type show, but there's these, uh, this uh, group of people called Mandalorians, and kind of their mantra is, this is the way. When they're about to do something or, or they're questioned on why they're doing something, they're like, this is the way, and they, and they do it. And um, it's like a mantra or a creed that they follow. I don't want to get too far off in left field here. <laughs> so let's get back to, back to Scripture on it. For us, not so much a religious creed that we follow, but a who? Jesus. Isaiah 30, 21 says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. When the people of Jerusalem left God's path, and that's what that was talking about in Isaiah, He would correct them, right? It's like when we get off course, we get corrected back to get back on the right course. And He'll do the same for us. But when we hear His voice of correction, we must be willing to follow it. Anybody ever have their navigation turned on in their car? And I don't know, do you have the English speaking lady, uh, the kind of the British sounding, or do you have a, I don't, you can change the voice, by the way, I don't know if you knew that, if you don't like listening to her, you can change it to something else. But you know, you're going down the road and uh, you might not be paying attention or whatever, and then next thing you know, you hear her say, turn around now, <laughs> right? <laughs> or take the next left and turn back around, or whatever it is, you know, you have to be willing to follow her direction. And uh, I'm not so willing a lot of times. I just uh, turn it off or turn the volume down. But when it comes to Jesus, when we hear his voice, when we turn to the left or to the right, and we hear his voice behind him, behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. We have to be willing to listen to that voice and follow the way. Have you ever gone the wrong way? <laughs> Men are notorious.
for not wanting to admit it. But I can say that I have. I remember once uh, turning the wrong way down a one-way street. Anybody ever done that? Talk about nerve-wracking, trying to get back to the right direction. Maybe you're like me and you've even taken the wrong way on a road trip, thinking the whole time that you're going the right way, only to find out 30 or 40 or 50 miles down the road that, wait, <laughs> uh, I'm off course. Where did I go wrong? And you realize that your way was not right after all. And now you're far away from where you want to be and where you planned on being. Yeah, that's happened to me. Remember when I used to travel a lot uh, for Kroger? I just had gone those roads so many times, it was just kind of second nature. And um, one night I was heading home and thought I was on the right way. And I looked up and saw a sign. I'm supposed to be going, I lived in Marshall at the time. I'm supposed to be going to Marshall and um, the sign says, Tyler, 10 miles ahead. Or whatever. I'm like, wait, hey, somebody must have put the sign up wrong. <laughs> that can't be right. And I keep going a little bit further, and I'm not I'm starting to look around and where I'm at now. I'm like, okay, I took the wrong way somewhere. I must have took a wrong road and didn't realize it. We end up not where we planned on being. And doesn't that just happen? That doesn't just happen on literal highways, does it? On the roads of life, you've probably found yourself in places that you didn't plan to be and realize that just maybe you chose the wrong way at some point along your journey. Let's consider Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way which seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. Whoa. I'm sure that's registering with some of us this morning. A way that seems right, but its end is destruction. A way that didn't take you where you thought it would. One day you look up and say, how in the world did I end up here? That happens, doesn't it? And this, what we're reading Jesus say, I am the way, isn't necessarily talking about what I'm talking about here because he was saying, I am the way to God. But I'm just talking about losing our way in life in general. Losing our way in life. It happens, doesn't it? And I think we can relate it to what we're talking about here this morning just for a moment. It's easy to get off course and find ourselves in some questionable places, especially when we're following the ways of the world. You know what I mean? Ways that the world tells you that you ought to take to get from where you're at to where you ought to be, according to the world's standards, to the place to be considered successful in this world. It's like, come on, everybody does it. Go this way. If you want to be somebody, this is the way you need to go. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to drive. This is where you need to work. This is what you need to wear. This is who you need to cozy up to. 
This is who you need to listen to. This is who you need to care about. This is who you don't need to care about. Anybody who's anybody should be going this way to get to the life where you want to be. Kind of sounds like the broad way instead of the narrow way, doesn't it? And we know where that leads. Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 20. Take a moment to read those verses. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and to keep His commandments and His statutes and His judgments, that you may live and multiply and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. But if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You will not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying His voice, and by holding fast to Him. It says life and death are set before us. It's up to us to choose life. We think we're choosing life when we choose certain paths in this world that we think will build our life the way that we'd like for it to be. You know what I mean? We get this idea of what we think our life should be like. And then we choose a path to get to that point. But the best that this world can offer leads us only to a counterfeit life. It looks like it might be real and satisfying, but it's only temporary. And eventually, we find it to be worth very little compared to the real life we find in Christ. Jesus said, I am the way. And we can't go wrong if we're with Him. Our hope for life is found in our reconciliation with our Creator. We've talked about that big word before, right? Reconciliation, being reconciled to God, being reconciled to our Creator. And how's that happen? Through Christ. Jesus said, that's the only way it happens. He said, I am the way to God. Other ways don't lead to life, but Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. The truth. Psalm 119, 160 says, the sum of God's word is truth. The sum of God's word is truth. And here in this passage in John, Jesus is proclaiming that he is the truth. Confirming his identity as the word of God. We saw that earlier in John chapter 1. 
It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word, sorry, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in John 1.14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know who that's talking about, right? Jesus. And in this Christmas season we're building up to now, this is, uh, I mean, this is what we're singing about. This is what we're talking about. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw His glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. Jesus is the life. Last week we read, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And this week, I am the way and the truth and the life. And besides, we made this point last week, besides all those ands and these and all that, there's a couple words that stand out that are consistent. It's life. Life. I am the life. And I think this sums up Jesus pretty well, don't you? You've probably heard someone say, or maybe you've even said it yourself, Ah, this is the life. This is the life. What would be the context of this exclamation? When would you say this? I can imagine someone saying it as they're reclining back on a beach chair, watching the waves coming in and a little breeze from the ocean blowing on their face. Maybe they're sitting back and say, ah, this is the life. Or maybe it's in your favorite fishing hole, cast in the line out into the water. And you say, ah, this is the life. Or maybe it's sitting on your back deck, got a great view. You're sitting around the table with your family enjoying a wonderful meal. You got a little fire crackling over in the fire pit over in the corner. Maybe you say, ah, this, this is the life. This is the life. You can fill in the blank on that. This is the life. But it's an expression to show that you're very happy with the situation that you're in at the moment. That you would consider this an ideal environment or a situation. This is the life. We endeavor to do what we can to make our lives into that desired, ideal life. There's different paths that we try to make, sacrifices that we choose to make, and work that we determine to do to make that life for ourselves. But Jesus is saying here that we're looking, all these, uh, this scripture that we're looking at today, Jesus is saying, I am the life. He's saying that He is the life. If I'm saying, ah, this is the life, and what I'm referring to doesn't include Jesus in the center of it, then I haven't really come to the point where I really understand what real life is. I've settled, either out of ignorance or out of stubborn pride, for striving for and being content with a counterfeit life. One that brings temporary pleasure and satisfies only for a season. In Jesus is found real life and a life that's everlasting. 
This life here is fleeting. Like a vapor that's vanishing quickly, Scripture says. And like the song says, a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow. That's what this life is. Now sure, uh, God allows us some blessings and enjoyments. And even this week, we show our expression of gratitude and thankfulness to God for how He's blessed us and the things in this life that we get to enjoy. But it's nothing compared to what's ahead for us who are in Christ. The life. We should check ourselves to make sure we're not committing or investing too much in this life. Working hard to build the life that we're dreaming of. Not keeping in mind the truth of the fragility of this life here. And not realizing that all our efforts are just going into building a sandcastle that will soon crumble and be washed away. Now, I'm not trying to be a downer here. <laughs> I'm not trying to throw water on our hopes and dreams and goals in this life. That in itself is not necessarily a bad thing. I'm just saying, let's remember to keep our priorities on the eternal instead of on the temporal. And let's build our house on the rock instead of on the sand. That rock is who? That rock is Jesus. That rock is Jesus. He is the life, he says. And as I build my life on him, I can know that it's a life that will last. Real life. In Christ, He is the resurrection and the life. And He offers that to all who would, whosoever will, believe and place their trust in Him. You don't have to work yourself to death. Anybody ever feel like you're working yourself to death? You don't have to work yourself to death to build a life for yourself. Kind of sounds... Weird when we say it like that, right? You don't have to work yourself to death to build a life for yourself. But doesn't that pretty much sum up to describe what happens a lot of times? We're trying to build a life for ourselves and we're just working ourselves to death. Work, work, work. Build, build, build. To what end? To achieve the life that we're looking for? Jesus says, look no further than me. I am the life. Your life is not found in what you can build for yourself and experience here in this world. Your life is found in, in experiencing a person. Jesus. Jesus said, I am the life and in me you have true life. Life and death have been set before us. Have you chosen life this morning? Have you chosen the life? That's Jesus. Choose Him today. Choose Him for life. Now I'm going to do something here. I'm going to try to squeeze in the last statement. We've got a few minutes, but I think I can uh, pack it in to the essence of what this is. John 15, let's quickly turn to that. John 15, verses 
1 and 5. We'll just read those two verses for sake of time. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. And down in verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is saying here in this I am statement, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. This emphasizes the sustaining power of Christ. As the branches, we must stay connected to the vine because it's our power source. Our power source, right? He uses the word abide, abide, which basically just means to stay, to stay, to hang on, to not let go. We tend to hang on and to hold tight to things that are hurting us, don't we? We have it backwards. Um, got any water skiers out there? I'll make this a quick story because of time, but... Um, I was learning how to water ski. A guy um, named Jack at uh, a church I used to attend took the youth out to a, um, to a lake and we were kneeboarding and water skiing and stuff. So I was trying to learn how to water ski. And I finally got up on it and he's going along good and, and I'm doing good. I'm, I'm leaning back right or what? I can't remember how you're supposed to do it now. But whatever happened, I went over forward one ski comes off, <laughs> and I find myself doing like this on my chest, hanging onto that rope, you know, going, going through the, the water, being pulled behind the boat. And I can see him in the boat through all the water spraying in my face. He's, I was like, you know, I'm just holding on to that. And um, <laughs> finally, I just let go. I let go, right? And he spins the boat back around and picks me up, and I'm just... Uh, swallowed a bunch of lake water and I'm uh, trying to get myself back together. Anybody, am I the only one that that's ever happened to? All right. He was saying, I was saying, let go of the rope. <laughs> let go of the rope. In my um, whatever, the state I was in of having lost my ski, I was just holding on for dear life, what I thought, but really I was hurting myself, right? And in life, we sometimes are holding on to things that are drowning us. We're holding on to things that's going to kill us. We're holding on to things that we need to let go of. And Jesus is saying here in this scripture, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Abide in me, stay in me, hold on to me. Hold on to me. That's where the life is. Let go of the things that are hurting you, that are killing you, that are leading to destruction in your life. Hold on to me. He is life. He is my life. Staying connected to Him is a life or death situation for me. I have to stay connected to the vine, my power source, or I'll die. Now, it was mentioned about youth convention earlier. I remember going to a youth convention a few years ago, and something that stood out to me that I noticed was all the teenagers walking around with these uh, power cords for their phones. 
right? <laughs> so uh, they wanted, they couldn't uh, stand the thought of getting stranded somewhere and not having access to their phone to be able to do what? And their phone would die, so they were carrying these cords around with them, and they'd be sitting along the hallways of the convention center finding outlets in the wall, and they'd have their phones plugged up to them, right? <laughs> and uh, you can probably picture it. You've probably seen similar things like that. But it was their power source. If their phone died, whoa, they'd be in a place. And we have to stay connected to that power source. You know, Apple, if you have an iPhone, Apple kind of runs the market on things like that. And they, you even have to have their particular cord to be able to really get the good charge that you're supposed to. It's supposed to be Apple certified, right? Or you really don't get the good charge from it. It's the, the real deal that will give reliable life to your phone. Jesus is saying here, I am the true vine. I'm not just any vine. I'm the true vine that gives power for you. And I can be relied upon to give sustaining life to you, to power your life. Everlasting. Everlasting. It's not Apple certified. He's God certified, right? Remember, Jesus said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God puts his stamp of approval on Jesus, the true vine. There's a song I'm going to close with. How are we on time? All right, right on time. I'm going to close with this song. It's by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And it goes along with what we're talking about here, about holding on to Jesus, staying connected to the vine. Larry, you want me to use this one? Okay. You can think about this as the song's being played. And is this mic working okay? All right. I have come to this ocean And the waves of fear are starting to grow The doubts and questions are rising with the tide So I'm clinging to the one sure thing I know I will hold on to the hand of my Savior I will hold on with all my might I will hold loosely to things that are fleeting and hold on to Jesus I will hold on to Jesus for life I've tried to hold many treasures they just keep slipping through my fingers like sand But there's one treasure that means more than left myself So I'm clinging to it with everything I am I will hold on to the hand of my Savior I will hold on with all my might I will hold loosely 
to things that are fleeting and hold on to Jesus. I will hold on to Jesus for life like a child holding on to a promise. I will cling to his word and believe as I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So I will hold on to the hand of my Savior. I will hold on with all my might. I will hold loosely to things that are fleeting. And hold on to Jesus for life. I will hold on to Jesus for life. I'm holding on to Jesus. I will hold on to Jesus for Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. That's me and that's you. We're the branches. Our job is to hold on, <laughs> to abide, to hang tight, to hold on loosely to the things that are fleeting, this life that's passing away, to hold loosely to things that are hurting us and are dragging us down and are leading to our destruction and to hold tightly to cling tightly to the vine, the true vine, which is Jesus Christ, the true vine, which is our power source, the true vine, which gives us the power to live life, to live life productively, to produce fruit, and to have life, to have life. Our life is found in Christ, the true vine. Let's be committed to hold on to that, to hold on to him. So musicians come forward. I guess we're going to close with a song, even though I just sang one. But uh, mus musicians will come, and let's uh, close this, um, this service this morning with a song. And I pray that uh, you'll just think about that. Think about these statements that we've gone over the last few weeks about who Jesus says he is. Those I am statements in John. And you can go back and review over them yourself. And then what it all boils down to is that he is the life. He is the life for us. We're to hold on to him. Hold on to him for life. God, we're thankful for the life that we have in Jesus. God, we're thankful for those who are here today eager for that life, seeking that life. And God, Jesus said, seek no further than me. Look to me. Come to me. Hang on to me. Abide in me. Apart from him, 
We can do nothing but with Him, attached to Him, abiding in Him, we have life. God, we're thankful for that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Won't you stand with us? We're going to join in a beautiful chorus that we've seen many times. God is so good, and it's based on Scripture in First Chronicles. It says, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever, just as God was saying to us. this morning uh, remind everybody about the sign up sheet for Grace Place and uh, circles following the service if uh, you'd care to stay and, and join in the discussion about how to be successful um, thank you for the message on things that we should remember about Jesus and what he said he was for us. His father saying, I am the great I am. And Jesus is also um, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and so much more for us today. Uh, and he can be yours. Father, we pray that you will be with us this week as we uh, take time out to uh, be thankful for the blessings we have in this life and for the ones to come. 
pray that you will help us to be especially mindful of the blessings that you offer uh, for those who continue to follow you, follow your way, to believe in your truth, and to partake in the life that you offer. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.